What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Cards, the podcast. I'm your host, Zan. You can check me out on social platforms at Zan Morning. Collecting in a digital world. Wow. This topic for this show, I'm sure it's going to get some heat. Some of you probably didn't even click on it to download because you saw the title. Others, well, you've already checked out. But I'm really hoping that you're going to give me a chance here. Stick around and hear my thoughts on this topic. The world of collecting, the digital age, can they coexist? Some say no. Some think things should be done a certain way. Tradition. The same way things have been done for years and years. Others look to innovation. Different ways to achieve the same feelings or potentially get more in monetary gains. The same goals, but easier in some ways. Who's right? Who's wrong? Neither? Both? Today I want to give my perspective on digital collectibles. Me and Tony Vela from WrestlingTradingCards.com have done several shows on this topic in the past on the Worlds Collide podcast, which you should go check that podcast out as well, if you aren't already. But today, I want to go a little deeper with my perspective. Keyword, perspective. Not persuading, but perspective. Too many times in the hobby and in life, instead of seeing perspective, we see persuasiveness or pushiness. Instead of being able to hear someone out that has a differing opinion, we're quick to jump to judgment and hate on others' ideas just because they're not in your agreements, they don't line up with what you think. Or maybe you just don't understand them. Remember, you can disagree with thoughts and opinions of others, but still treat them with respect and potentially learn something. I have a lot of topics and angles to touch on in this episode today. I'm going to do my best to bring it all together, but if I go off-topic... Here and there, please bear with me, it'll be worth it. So let's start off with why in the world would somebody want to collect anything, literally anything, in a digital form? Well, let's go back a few years. I want to look at Madden 18, that's right, football game that you probably didn't think we were going to talk about today, NFL Madden 18. For those of you who have played, you will know what I'm talking about here. But I was absolutely obsessed with the Madden Ultimate Team Mode. The fact that you collected cards and the cards were your players in the in-game and you just continued to build a collection of cards that were upgrades and you could buy and sell and flip. It was just everything I wanted. But something I just couldn't wrap my head around while I was playing is that people were spending real money, and I'm talking big money, on in-game currency. The in-game currency would then allow the player to then buy better cards, better packs, etc., This would likely give them even more of a competitive advantage over other people that weren't spending any money on digital items when they were playing against each other online. I wasn't about to spend a dime of real-life money on these digital items. I wasn't going to spend my hard-earned real money on a game where I would be losing all of those cards and all of those items at the end of the year anyway when the next Madden came out. But I still wanted to compete with everybody else online. And I'm super competitive in real life. I wanted to try to be the best player possible. So I spent sweat equity, not wealth equity, in the game. I was grinding out all the challenges possible I could to get free cards and coins, packs, etc. I spent tons of time flipping low-end cards in the auction house, turning those coins into bigger and better cards, applying those to my team. All of this without spending a dime of real-life money. Gee, where have you heard somebody talk about that concept before in the hobby? Hmm... Fast forward a few years later, 
and two different digital properties emerged in my mind. That would be the extremely popular online multiplayer game Fortnite and the Topps digital trading card apps. Now, I didn't really ever play much Fortnite. You know, I would just dabble here and there if I was at someone's house that had the game, but I never bought it. I'd, to this day, outside of the Madden game I used to play, I'm not really playing any games anymore. But what I did see is, once again, people spending a ton of money on this game, but not for upgrades. No, this wasn't for things to make their character better. These were strictly for skins. Skins! If you're listening and you're unaware, basically skins are, think of it as clothing or appearance items, just something to make these characters appear different in the game online. That's it. That's it. People paying money to have a certain status, a certain look, a certain aesthetic to the rest of the people online in this game. Kind of like an online flex. Hmm. Online flex. Where have you heard that used before? Probably some nerd's hobby where people think they're cool for posting pictures of cardboard on the internet, but I digress. I mentioned the Topps digital trading card apps. This is really what got me sucked back into the hobby. I loved ripping packs in this app. It felt just like ripping real-life packs when I was a kid. I started collections of certain sets and player collecting my favorite names from the past and the present. And then yet another revelation hit me in the world of digital cards. People were paying real money for these on eBay. I couldn't believe it. So I started selling some of these cards I didn't want for 99 cents on eBay. Again, where have you heard somebody peddling 99 cent cards before on eBay? Ha, I don't know, probably some jabroni. There's no money in that. So I was collecting on my phone, selling, having a blast, all the while spending no actual money, just sweat equity. Now let's fast forward a little bit and I'm completely sucked back into the hobby of actual cardboard. Now granted, I've been a collector of numerous things, cardboard, action figures, records, memorabilia, you name it, as far back as I can remember. But I wasn't thinking of them the same way that I'm thinking about them today. Specifically the cardboard, which I'm all in on. I've been getting all these new cards in my hand over the last few years, starting oddball collections. I was, back then, when I first really got into it, rebooting my player collections, which I'm still doing some of those to this day. Obtaining cards that I really never thought I would ever be able to afford, but I sure wasn't able to do any of this by wasting money on stupid digital items in a game or idiotic digital trading cards that I couldn't actually touch or feel. It came again from sweat equity, buying low-end cards, buying out collections, flipping those, reinvesting into more collections, more things to sell, more inventory, rinse, repeat. At this time, my mindset really started to switch away from digital and just start sticking with the real things in the collectible world. Now let's fast forward some more in time, earlier this year actually. And once again, things begun to change in my mind as far as how I thought of digital collectibles. Yet again, seems like I'm flipping flopping on this. There was an episode of the WTC YouTube channel, which again, go check that out. Tony does some great stuff over on the WTC YouTube channel as well as WrestlingTrainingCards.com, the best resource for wrestling cards. He had a special guest, Adam Gelman, on there. And he and Tony talked a lot about the Topps digital stuff. I instantly got sucked right back into the app and remembered why I loved it in the first place. But this time, it was all about collecting and trading with others that I had met in the wrestling car community. Also, on a side note, I had to start a new Topps account, believe it or not. I tried to log into the old one, and I couldn't. So I reset my password. You guys know the drill. Finally got in. I couldn't do certain things within the app. 
So I contacted Tops, and they basically said I violated the terms and services, but they wouldn't tell me exactly what that was. By default, I just assumed it was from selling a lot of those cards I did when I previously was super involved in the app on eBay, even though people are still doing that to this day and still have active accounts, so I'm not sure what happened there. So I just started up a new account, start going after all the carrying cross cards, because you know that's my modern player PC. Regardless of the dumb outfit he's wearing, I still love the guy. And then I would dabble with some other cool stuff I'd pick up, trading the other ones, and just, you know, having fun. That's what it's all about. All from the palm of my hand with my phone spending no money. I also stumbled onto a couple of other apps that have completely changed the game of collectibles, both digitally and physically, combining the two. Those being Collectible and Rally. For anyone unfamiliar with these apps, basically they obtain high-end items, high-end collectibles, one-of-a-kind memorabilia, as well as some other odds and ends stuff like dinosaur skeletons, cars, wine, Rolexes. I wonder if they have any of Ric Flair's Rolexes. But anyway, there's a ton of stuff on there. Why would anybody want to own a piece of any of this? Especially if they can't physically have it with them. Yes, it is a physical item, but they can't actually touch it or have it in their house. Hold that thought. I'm going to circle back to that topic. Also, around this same time, is when I discovered this strange alien-like thing called NFTs, non-fungible tokens. NFTs have become a dirty word in the hobby. And when I first found out about these, I thought they were the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Now, I understood crypto a little bit and the reason for it, how it works, etc. But I didn't understand why anybody would want to own an NFT. Why would anybody pay big money, and I'm talking big money, for something like a CryptoPunk or a squiggly line. They look like they're made in 1995 Microsoft Paint. Similar to the video game concept, I thought, why would anyone want to pay for these? Just like, why would anyone want to pay for Fortnite skins or Madden coins? Now, I told you at the beginning of the show, it would be kind of a winding road, and I tried not to get too off topic here because this is a pretty deep topic. So just stick with me here. WrestleMania 37, earlier this year, WWE announces they're going to be doing their first ever NFT, and they were of The Undertaker. Perfect WrestleMania icon to use as your first NFT. I decided to go out on a limb and ugh, begrudgingly, as stupid as I thought these were initially, I had to have these Undertaker ones. At first, I went to get the silver one, which there were only going to be 37 of those minted, but they sold out in a matter of seconds, literally. It was like 10 to 15 seconds I was trying to buy these things, already gone. So I settled for the bronze NFTs. There were two of those in total, a classic style and a retro style. One was released the first night of WrestleMania, and then the other was on the second night. They were only available for one hour of minting. The minting process basically is like Topps WWE does their demand products or the living set. They're only available for a certain amount of time, and then once they're gone, they're print order. That's kind of how the minting process works with NFTs, especially in this example. The bronze NFTs ended up with mint counts, I think it was right around 900 for night one and 600 for night two. Honestly, that's extremely low print runs for the NFT world. The process was a bit confusing for me, but in the end, I finally got those Undertaker NFTs. Now what in the world was I going to do with these stupid things? I had this awesome looking animated image of the Undertaker in my digital wallet. I could watch it. I could think about how cool it was. It could send me memories back to watching WrestleMania earlier this year, but that was it. 
Now that I've kind of given you a background of my experience with understanding digital collectibles, it's time to kind of bring all of this together, comparing some interesting takeaways and observations from the worlds of both digital and physical collectibles. One day, the world of digital collectibles just clicked with me. The light bulb went off and I got it. But like I said, let's go back to the beginning of this show. I mentioned how people are spending all this money on in-game coins, currency, purchases, be it items, tokens for their characters, make their teams better, give themselves a different appearance. This is a way for those people to communicate with other people in the gaming community in that specific game or online presence. Your status, who you are, what you have, what you represent, your personality. This is no different than what people do every single day on Instagram, Twitter, whatever social media platform you want to talk about. Flashing off stacks of PSA 10s of whatever cards, constantly posting some of the most high-end rare cards like it's nothing, flashing Rolexes, cards, traveling places, you name it. Now circling back around to Top's digital apps. I got it before, and I get it even more now. These cards are just like regular physical cards. You rip the packs, you trade the cards with your friend, you can flip the cards back and forth on the back and the front, slide through them. You can look at them as if they were somewhat in a binder, the way you can organize them. They're great. They have serial numbers, print runs, etc. And I see more and more people getting into the Topps digital apps. And I think it's a great gateway to understanding digital collectibles, if we're being honest. The only real issue that I have with these is that people need to be a little bit concerned about the longevity of the app. With the more recent news of Tops losing the rights to certain sports leagues, who knows what they're going to do with the WWE and their digital product. At any point in time, Tops could just literally pull the plug on this digital app. We've seen it before and we could see it again. UFC and NFL both had digital card apps that one day just stopped getting support due to licensing. Some people had all of these cards that they had worked so hard to acquire, whether that be for real money or just spending the time in the app with trades and in-game currency, etc. That's a problem, and it's discouraging to wanting to start a collection or using these digital cards. I can say I have drastically slowed down on using the app for these exact reasons, but also because they don't have any in-game market where you can buy, you can sell, whether that be for real money or in-game currency. So just food for thought when getting into these type of digital collectible apps. I do think they are a fantastic way to understanding digital collectibles, and they really have no downside if you aren't spending any real money on them. Now let's talk about the apps, Collectible, and Rally. These are two tools that I have been having a blast with. Many people still don't understand the draw or the concept, so here's my take. These apps will give you the options and opportunities to be an owner of some of the highest end collectibles on the planet at an extremely low entry cost. So here are some arguments I've heard against these apps and kind of my responses to those. Well, I wanna own the card in hand. I don't wanna be a part of an owner. So I get this perspective, but think of it this way. Most of us are never going to be able to outright obtain some of these collectibles. Whether that's due to cost and we're just never gonna be able to afford it because it's literally in the millions, or because it's rarity. There's just literally one available or next to none available. Maybe you could count them on your hands. Another thing I hear people say a lot that maybe do own some of these high-end collectibles in person is, oh, I have it at the bank, or oh, it's in the vault. But I have pictures of it on my phone I can show you. Stop and think about that statement. 
How is that any different than owning a fractional collectible or a digital collectible where you have the picture on your phone or you have the NFT in your digital wallet showing your receipt of ownership? Also think of it this way. If you can say that you're an owner of some of these high-end cards or collectibles, you can check those off the list of your collection. This allows you to move into other cards that fractional ownership isn't an option with, that are likely cheaper, and then add those to your collection. Best of both worlds. Another aspect I love about these apps is I own part of the item, I have the pictures on my phone, I can show people the items as it being in my collection, and they aren't in my house. Even if I did own some of these six, seven, eight figure collectibles, cards, whatever outright, there is no way I would want those in my house, just due to a liability. I'm pretty sure I have a higher chance of a natural disaster, a fire, a break-in, etc. occurring in my house than I do the internet permanently going down, which is obviously the platform for digital collectibles, or in this case, the tool to obtain part of a physical item stored remotely. Another thing to consider with these is the entry cost. Again, minimum risk, but a high upside. For argument's sake, I'm going to take a hypothetical comparison here. Would you rather spend $5,000 on a 1982 Wrestling All-Stars Hulk Hogan in a grade, let's say, PSA 6 or 7, or would you rather spend $10 on a share of a Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant BGS 9.5, as well as some autographed WrestleMania 3 memorabilia? Different people will have different answers to that, of course. Neither are wrong, but again, just different perspectives. These apps allow people to get in on these cards that they might not be able to buy out or own part of otherwise, but again, still own a part of it through Fractional now. This frees up money to be spent on other cards and collectibles that they want in their collections, be it Fractional, be it Digital, be it cheap $1 cards, but still technically owning those grail cards that they never thought they would see or own. And lastly, let's talk about NFTs. Oh no, Zan, don't talk about NFTs. All the hype bros are talking about NFTs everywhere. Well, I'm no expert on these, but it's something that I've really started getting into more. Honestly, I think NFTs tie together everything that we've talked about in this episode. They're digital collectibles, they're serial numbered on blockchain or some other kind of chain that they're using, through crypto. Most of these are digital art covering different genres. They're stored in your digital wallet, which is available on your phone or your PC, just like all the other digital collectibles I've talked about so far, or the pictures that people save on their phones from those items being at the vault. But these don't have any specific platform that they operate on. You can freely trade them, sell them to others using your digital wallet. NFTs remove so many headaches from traditional cardboard hobby that we're used to. There's no grading because, guess what? All of the NFTs are in mint condition, PSA 10s. Or if you want to use the Spinal Tap reference, some of them go to 11. No USPS to lose or damage your item. No eBay returns because once these are sent, traded, sold, whether that's for Ethereum or any other kind of crypto, or maybe you sent one to somebody because they sent you a 1986 Fleer Michael Jordan in the mail because you can do trades like that with NFTs. Once that transaction is done, that's it. It's over. No takebacks. But speaking of takebacks, let's talk about a few of the drawbacks of NFTs that I see personally. Let's face it. First and foremost, there is a lot of crap out there. Everyone and their brothers coming out with their own NFT projects. Some of them are really cool, but most of them are not appealing to me. 
I mean, we're seeing the same general process of CryptoPunks. Okay, then it's Bored Apes. Okay, it's Sloths. Now it's Skeletons. Now it's who knows what. It's just the same general like icon of an item or a person or an animal, and then it has a new hat or it has sunglasses. Honestly, I'm getting tired of seeing a lot of that stuff. Also, I think right now NFTs are where a lot of the flippers are looking to. You know, the crew I'm talking about, the buy raw grade flip game. With PSA gone for some time now, many are looking to NFTs for the next boom. Again, which feeds into more and more NFT projects being minted. Could this be an NFT junk era? I don't know. Even Gary Vee has stated many times, something like 98% of NFTs are going to fail. But here's something I want to mention. What does fail mean about these? Does it mean they go to zero? Sure, possibly. But if they go to zero, do the people that own them, like them, still buying them, do they want to keep them? Isn't that the same concept with people in their cards? Buy what you like, right? While NFTs are mainly focused around art and supporting artists directly without a middleman taking cuts, I see two major issues currently with NFTs. First being IP. We have a few things out there in the NFT space that have intellectual properties tied to them. I mentioned WWE put out official NFTs. There are a few others. But many franchises haven't put out anything yet. Tops, Panini, and a few others have dabbled with their own blockchain collectibles. But they aren't actually NFTs because they are currently stuck working only on those specific platforms that they are produced on. Somewhat similar to how I spoke about the Tops apps earlier. Or some of you may know NBA Top Shot where you own the moments but you can't actually send that moment to someone's digital wallet. It has to stay on the Top Shot platform. The second issue that I see currently with NFTs is the friction to obtain one. Now, when people talk about NFTs that are so pro-NFT, they want to talk about, oh, it's less friction than cards. You don't have to deal with shipping and grading. You know, a lot of the stuff I spoke about earlier, which that is in fact true. But when you're wanting to obtain one of those, you have to know where to go to buy certain projects because they're on different platforms. Once you find it, it may only be available on, with certain wallets or sold through a certain website. When paying them, some are as easy as entering your credit card information like you would anything else. While others, you have to use a certain type of crypto. That means converting US dollars, knowing the exchange, possible fluctuation of gas fees if that's a thing for that specific product, etc. I can see this as being a bit confusing for the common man because I know I was very confused when I bought my first NFTs. But you know what else was confusing? The VCR. When that first came out, that was a hard thing for the common man to understand at one point in time. I think as time goes on, more and more people are spending more and more time in the digital space. By that, I mean social media, video calls and conferences, video games. We've seen virtual reality starting to become a thing. These are all examples of things that people spend a lot of time on in their daily lives. People are beginning to know and recognize each other more by their screen names or their usernames or possibly their profile picture of that NFT that they bought and changed it to their picture, then they do them as an actual real-life person. Now just think about that for a minute. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true when you stop and think about it. And as time goes on, these instant gratifying ease-of-use things become easier and easier to be part of and participate in. So where does this put collectibles? Well, that's where I see digital collectibles becoming huge. NFTs are the future. Many will succeed based on the art alone, while others are going to be really successful by building in utility 
behind the NFTs. Ultimately, I see NFTs being the online flex. Many of them are going to fail, of course, and I said a lot of them are crap in my opinion because it's just the same idea over and over again. Reminds me of the PSA 10 base card craze that we saw last year and year before that. But looking at them from a collectible standpoint, they really will have their own niche. So you may be asking, Zan, does this mean that you're selling off all of your cardboard to buy some sloths and board apes because you think NFTs are the future? Not even close. Physical collectibles are going nowhere, people. This is not an or thing. It's an and thing. It's physical art and NFTs. It's cardboard and digital cards. It's comic books and digital books. It's vinyl records and streaming services. Not to mention many of the physical collectibles aren't even available in digital form in the first place and vice versa. I'm also not saying that people have to or need to be into digital collectibles, not at all. For me personally, this isn't a pump and dump or a flip game because the digital collectibles I do own, whether it's a card or an NFT, I'm not selling them and I don't plan to sell them anytime soon. I'm just trying to help people understand a little bit more what digital collectibles and NFTs are, how they work, and the reasons why people are into them. Let me leave you today with one final statement and some comparisons. So I don't know about everybody out there listening right now. I do thank you for taking the time if you've made it this far for listening and supporting my content. But let's take a trip back in a time machine for a second. I remember a time when I had friends and family that were amazed at the fact that you could communicate with somebody on a cell phone by hitting the numbers in a certain pattern to type out words to them instead of calling them. I remember a time when people were afraid to buy anything on the internet or afraid to order anything on the phone because you had to enter your credit card information to someone else. I remember a time when videos and music were available for free online and people said that was going to be the end of all physical media and movie theaters forever. And I also remember a time when people said spending money on video games or action figures and Hulk Hogan cards was an entire huge waste of time. But hoarding those Greg Jeffries cards from his rookie year were going to put kids through college. Digital is the future of collectibles, but the physical stuff, it's not going anywhere. Thanks again, you guys, for listening. I hope this show helped you to understand a little bit more about digital collectibles. I'm not saying you got to love them. In fact, if you hate them and you listen to this show and you still hate them, continue to hate them. That's fine. I just wanted to give perspective because there's a lot of cool people out there in communities that are into this. They're very passionate. And I like to pick their brain, maybe be involved with those communities and learn from them instead of just hating something I don't understand. Make sure to check the show notes for other things I'm involved with, my YouTube channel, podcast, Patreon, social media links. And please subscribe to this show, share it with a friend, and if you feel like it, leave me a Dave Meltzer review. That's five stars if you didn't know. Hope you guys have an awesome day, and until next time, keep collecting, keep having fun. We'll see you.